Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, the number one track coach focused podcast in the world. From time to time, we like to bring you rebroadcasted value added podcast episodes, some little bonus material, if you will, in between our awesome interviews from coaches around the world. This is just great friends of ours, the Athletics LLC, hosted by Marissa Chu, featuring Mouse Holloway, Chris Huffins, and Charles Ryan. This is a great gang. They operate on YouTube on Friday nights. You got to go be subscribed. We're so blessed that they would let us give you the audio version. So without further ado, Athletics LLC. You are tuned in. Athletics Double LC with Lamar, Lucius, Big League Chew, him, my man Clyde. <laughs> you are about to be schooled in all things track and field. This is experience. Yes, sir. We are talking past, past present, present, future. future. Y'all listen up. Let's go. Hello, world. Happy LLC Day. Welcome to the wonderful channel of Athletics LLC. So here we are again, meeting up on another wonderful evening to talk about some nonsense, <laughs> some relevant, some irrelevant. <laughs> it kind of depends on how it goes. Uh, but um, as always, I've got these three wonderful tiles to guide us through these conversations to uh, actually make you ponder some thoughts, whether you agree or disagree, they're going to make you think. So uh, let's start out by saying hello to these gentlemen. Sir Lucius, how are you tonight, sir? I am rolling. I'm doing wonderful. Good, good. Yes. Rolling like a tumbleweed. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a one-man band. I'm rolling. I know. That, that <laughs> mean many things depending on where you're from, sir. Woo! Where I'm from, it means one thing. Another stuff? <laughs> prickly, prickly. Be out of that, my <laughs> Lamar the Texan. Hello, sir. Howdy. I don't think your hat's not <laughs> low enough. <laughs> there you go. They're better. <laughs> Last but not least, Clyde, how are you today, sir? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, happy National Podcast Day, if y'all didn't know. Oh, oh shout out. Let's go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well played. And well played. I know. So wait, are we a podcast? What the heck do you call us? I, I mean, literally go through this conversation every time. <laughs> we're a show. If, if we're not a podcast in some form, we're on a podcast. So that's very true. Very true. Got it. All right. All rambling aside. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, let's go ahead and uh, give the people what the people want. I need. I need sound effects. Gosh, dog it. Um, give the people. There you go. <laughs> That's uh they use they use that on Jalen and Jacoby. Yep. Here's the people. Oh. <laughs> now you ruined the moment. <laughs> it, 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 now, now the song is stuck in our heads with your voice, and we're done. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, so Clyde. Every yes. year, right around this time, everyone looks forward to your social media because, <laughs> specifically, Facebook for us. For us old people who like to do the Facebook, because um, it is you are notorious for giving these these clips of chaos as they have been yeah. deemed. So specifically, if you are not in the know, 
for those of you out there. Um, Clyde has perspectives on college football, actually on all football being played, but specifically college fo football in this aspect. So give us a chaos watch, sir. Chaos watch. Man, we're really doing this. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't do team chaos last year. I was, you know, out of the loop. Um, but I, I hear you. So looking at the projection of, of this week's games coming up, the this week's games are not that awesome, by the way. But if you're looking for chaos watch, I, I got three or four that that will make sense, starting with um on the West Coast. Oregon currently sitting at number three. As I have said before, you're not going undefeated in the Pac-12. It just doesn't happen. And somehow, some way, no matter how good or bad Stanford is, it's usually a problem when Oregon goes to Stanford. Oregon is going to Stanford. I would definitely uh, be on chaos watch for Oregon this weekend. Um, <clears throat> Cincinnati is playing at Notre Dame. If I have that correct, I believe that is correct. Hold on. Yes, Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Even First one to 12 wins. Right. Even though Cincinnati is technically ranked higher than Notre Dame right now, most people would consider Cincinnati beating Notre Dame in Notre Dame an upset. I don't know anything about gambling or point spreads or anything like that, but Either way, there's chaos guaranteed built into that game. Um, I'll be personally rooting for Cincinnati. And then, of course, um, one of these two teams will be exposed as the fraud that they are this weekend, and that would be the SEC when Arkansas and Georgia meet <laughs> up. Somebody will be exposed as being the pretenders. I'll leave it to you to, to decipher who's who. But those are my, oh, I'm sorry, my fourth and final chaos watch for the week is uh, Michigan traveling to Wisconsin. I just don't buy it right now. So we'll see how Michigan looks, but Wisconsin's usually a tough out. Not fearing the khakis? Not fearing the khakis. I like Harbaugh. I like Harbaugh. I think he actually gets a raw deal most of the time with people criticizing him. You know, it's like, who are you going to get that's better? So, I mean, that's an interesting, you know, I knew if we, if we just left you alone, you were going to come up with an interesting nugget. <laughs> now, you, who is, I have dubbed like Papa Petty, you are willing to give a pass to a dude who literally was brought back to Michigan as the Messiah. He was literally brought back to Michigan to do one thing, yes. right? If they win a national championship, that would be awesome. But he was only brought to Michigan to do one thing, right? Yes. To stop Urban Meyer from curb stomping all of Ann Arbor. Yes. He has not failed at that. He has been so soundly unsuccessful that they were talking about running this dude out on a rail. But you think he gets a raw deal? Help me with that. I don't think he, get, he should get a pass. You know I'm not in the pass-giving business. That is not my style. He, it is fair to criticize Harbaugh for his lack of ability to beat Ohio State. Or Urban Penn Meyer. State. Urban Meyer or no Urban Meyer. I don't really care. They, they don't care who's coaching. They just want the win, right? All I'm saying is this. For all the people who are fans of Michigan and sick and tired of Harbaugh, I ask you, 
are you better off since he's been there or are you worse? And who are you going to get that's better? If you don't have a solution to your problem, I'm not the one that really likes to listen to you complain. Jim Harbaugh's a good coach. He's done a good job. He ain't done a great job, but he's done a good job. You don't have anybody that's going to be better. So shut up. So let me ask you this question. So is it okay to be a good coach at Michigan when you're expected to be a great coach at Michigan? I don't, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh should be punished for uh, Michigan's delusional place in the world of college football. I don't think that's his fault. But, but is it, that's the best expectation of the job. I understand like, that. Okay, so, so my thing is this, when you're hired to do a job and you don't do the job, and not only do you not do the job, you don't even come close to doing the job. Not close. I'm just saying. But, I mean, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I hope he never figures it out. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, so Ohio State. Fans. I think he should stay there forever. Okay, but in all seriousness, contract for Harbaugh. In in all seriousness, Michigan ends up losing two, three games this year, as they probably will. Whatever. They don't beat Ohio State this year. Whatever. They fire Jim Harbaugh at the end of the year. Who's coming in that's going to get that job done? Who's go, who's coming in that's going to deliver a title I, to Michigan? I'm not. I'm not a football agent. Um, but that that is such an attractive job. It, it plays incredibly right? well. The big boys are going after the job, right? Because because there were people that asked the same question before Ohio State fired whoever they fired and hired Urban Urban Meyer, right? Because of the job and the attractiveness of the job, somebody pretty good is going to go after. Now the question is, will they go get that somebody pretty good, or will they hire the Jim Harbaugh? And that's the thing. Michigan's issue has always been the same as UCLA's issue. They only want to hire Wolverines or Bruins. Like, that's the issue. Is Chip Kelly? Harbaugh's the... Huh? No, 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 no. Okay. Basketball. Basketball. Okay. UCLA basketball. But it's always the same issue, right? Like, if Jim Harbaugh can't get it done, then no Wolverine can. Go find somebody else. Like, that's where that's at. Maybe, maybe. Yes, I mean, I'll, look. If I if I was gonna go truly petty, if I was gonna go truly petty, I would fire Harbaugh and hire Urban Meyer. <laughs> so we're we're done with that conversation. <laughs> I mean, That's, I'm just saying. Urban Meyer. I mean, Ur- Urban Meyer is gonna be in Jacksonville for two more years. Okay. So, so let, let me throw some chaos. I have never, will never be anywhere near as petty as my man Clyde. Um, <laughs> and clearly, judging from the past, he is the college football expert on this panel. But anyway, um, I am going to say, I think the Iowa-Maryland game has some interest of being chaotic. Um, <laughs> and the other game that... I hope it doesn't turn out this way, but the Florida-Kentucky game could end up being a little bit chaotic. Um, and, and I, too, like – I don't think that they're pretenders. I think they're two good teams. But I think the Arkansas-Georgia game will expose someone to not being quite as good as they think they are. Or maybe – I think this one comes down to the coaching staffs for me. Like, the game planning for that game will be interesting for me. And then the other game, 
I'm telling you, Alabama Ole Miss can get interested. That that is for me, that's the most chaotic possibility. Point. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. But because it's Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you just never know. I, I can't the the lane train in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> I can't do it. Now, if it was if the game was in, you know, Oxford, that might have made my list. But See, it's in, let me it's tell in you why that's my list. Because you saw what Dan Mullen's offense did to them. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's my shot at chaos this week. Should Tomorrow be interesting. Was it. Tomorrow, is there I, anybody you missed? Definitely, it, it concerns me because they because they have this venomous attitude about us. <laughs> They, you know, we've beaten them like 30 out of the last 31 times or something, something crazy. Uh, I know that's an exaggeration, Kentucky fans. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> that I mean, one is it though? It, it, it's close, right? <laughs> but like, I really think this one could get, it could get chaotic if we're not careful. It could be. We better be on our P's and Q's. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I necessarily have a chaos watch. I have a, I have a Fugazi watch. Oh boy. A tender watch. I, I'm just going to call it what it is. The, the big 10 this year. It, now look, y'all have, y'all have heard me. Most of the time, the big 10 is underrated and it's one of the deepest conferences. I don't think the big 10 has a legitimate national t- national title contender in the conference. Fair. And, and I think that, you know, at, as the pundits will always do, they're going to try to manufacture one. But I mean, let's just be clear. If, if Iowa loses and Wisconsin beats Michigan, like we're pretty much Katie bar the door now, right? Now we're down to Penn state. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody else even has a shot. Ohio state always has a shot because it's Ohio state, but I just think that this is one of those odd years where I just don't, I don't think that there's a national title contender in the big 10. Well, listen, at, at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, Ohio state has a, has a problem this year that they wouldn't have had in other years when it comes to the people that make the decisions and organize who gets the favor. Ohio state lost to the PAC 12. So, you know, right. You know right. that in a couple months, ESPN is going to be on TV pushing that narrative. You know they are. Pushing that narrative. So. Provided Oregon can be relevant in a couple of months. Oregon can go undefeated. And if there's a debate about Ohio State getting in or not getting in, they're going to say, but they lost to the Pac-12. This is what they're going to say. That's what they well, all but it's like They don't have to say it. It's the truth. It's not like they made it up. <laughs> But they but to say it is a Let's negative. Create this narrative that doesn't exist. They did lose the back twelve. Yes, that's a that is a fact of reality. But what right. that what that means, be it a good thing or a bad thing, is a narrative that they will turn I, into a negative. Not sure I understand, but not you understand. I don't. I don't. Pac twelve doesn't play football well. <laughs> that, that's that's the lie. Yes, but yes, yeah. Well, see, wait a minute, but. The, the pack 
whatever y'all are. <laughs> as no, had, yo, I don't, I ain't no y'all. I have no yeah, affiliation. You're a West Coast guy. I mean, let's, let's, let's just call it what it is. Whatever you guys are claiming to be, 9, 10, 12, whatever it is, like, you guys have had people in the playoff. And you've gotten, have you guys won the, the national title? They've won many national titles, not in the BCS era. Well, no, no, we're talking about the BCS. Uh, wasn't USC the beginning of the BCS era? Uh, you might be right. Year one, I think, maybe. That was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, I mean, first of all, that's a long time ago. That was when Pete Carroll was at USC. When they beat Texas? <laughs> so long ago. Uh, they beat Texas. No, they lost to Texas. Well, when they lost, that wasn't BCS. They haven't won a BCS, I don't think. Oregon lost to Auburn in the era. Yep. And Oregon got a curb stop by Ohio State in the semifinal, I believe. That's a well, well maybe yes. I mean, so, but so you guys have been in the playoff. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and I'm not, maybe other people say that. I don't say that they don't play good football in the Pac 12. I actually think they do play pretty good football in the Pac 12. I just, I don't, I don't, okay. Lucia said it. I said ESPN says it because they do say it. It's on ESPN, tape. I don't think ESPN says the Pac 12 doesn't play good football. Uh, they kind of do. It's on tape. They do kind of say it. Just send me the tape because I don't. I mean, maybe maybe I don't pay attention like you. See, I, I don't. I don't hear anybody saying those exact words, and neither do you. So, but anyway, I know that where this is going. The only league in this country that plays good football is the SEC, and that's why they get so many teams in, and then we get the teams in, and we whoop y'all's butts anyway. So, well, whatever. <laughs> Lamar, tell him. <laughs> you won't hear it from me. Tell him. No, no, I, I'll hear it from anybody if you give me, okay, present me with the tape. No problem. Until I hear the tape, but I hear it with my own ears. Okay. Okay. I look, I do not disagree that the powers that be believe the SEC is the best football conference because I believe like they do that it is. But there are other good football teams and good football conferences out there. There are, I cannot deny that. And I don't think anybody in the right mind can. It's just, is the Pac-12 a powerhouse conference? No, it is not. Neither. Well, so here's here's the weirdest narrative, though. Right? In that conference, absolutely. Because I'm telling you, now, and, Oregon right now playing as good as they are, they're a problem for anybody they face. Anybody. Especially in the last eight. In the last Oregon right up your In the last seven or eight <laughs> years, right, the the Pac-12 has been number four or number five in the power five. And what's odd about this year is I don't think anybody would argue right now the SEC is 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 the number one power five conference, but I don't think anybody would argue right now that the Pac-12 is the number two power five conference. The ACC is way down, right? right? The, the Big 12 is mm-hmm. always Fugazi and they play no defense and can't beat anybody. And, <laughs> and you have no like... Because, like, usually what happens is, right, you start with the Blue Bugs at the beginning of the year. You got Michigan and Ohio State every year in the Big Ten, right? And then they got two more good teams, Penn State and usually Wisconsin or Michigan State or somebody, right? Like, this year, like, there's a definitive SEC power and a definitive uh, uh, Pac-12 power. After that, the other three Power Five conferences, eh. Like, like literally, it's an eh. Now, now see, okay, so... I'm not a Big Ten defender or anything like that, but Big Ten people who care and watch the show are pulling their brains out right now because right now Penn State's mm-hmm. number four, Iowa's number five, uh, Ohio State's number 11, and Michigan is number 14, and three of those four teams are undefeated. 
So absolutely. And I've seen all of them play, and I'm telling you right now, none of them have a legitimate shot at the national title. I, I I'm not one is saying what you on that. One of them will find a way to go undefeated or lose just one game, and they will therefore be invited to the playoff. Penn State will lose to Ohio State because that's what they do. And that's the wrong one to lose to because Ohio State lost to a Pac-12 team, as, as Clyde has already mentioned. They lost Michigan's to Oregon. No, I, oh, I know. Michigan's going to lose this weekend on the road to Wisconsin. Oh, so you agree with my chaos watch on that. Oh, I absolutely agree with that one. Wisconsin's a really hard place I, to win. Like, Michigan's with the chaos watch, and they're on the wrong end of it. I'm always, I'm always for that. <laughs> I'm always with that. That's not a problem, not at all. You know, but but see, I, I I don't agree with Lamar that the Big Ten is that bad. I think that there is at least one legitimate football team in every conference. Not quite sure. I like Oklahoma is intriguing. I can't figure out what, what, what their issue is right now. Um, I still think my Buckeyes are going to find a way to win the Big Ten. At least that's what my, my heart says. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the ACC, they're the, they're the only league out there right now that I'm not sure that there's legitimate contender. Because they just continue to be all over the place. You know, everybody thought North Carolina was going to be very good, and they, they've kind of fallen apart. Clemson is nowhere near what Clemson usually is. They have no offense, and I don't understand that. Which, which is that? Nothing. None of that makes sense, right? And then I don't even know who else is in the league because they're all beating up on each other. Yeah. So that that's my issue, I think, with the Big Ten. It's not that I don't think they have any any good football teams. I don't think they have one or two teams that can curb stomp the rest of the league. Therefore, vault like you know, right now you got two teams in the top five, right? In eight weeks, I don't see that. Yeah, we can we'll see. see and the key, the key for me with the Big Ten is okay. From from watching, I, I'm this, and I'm, I'm not going to dog Michigan because they have been playing good football, but I don't think they've had anybody. They haven't played anybody of substance. Um, Iowa has been kind of the grind and the bump and grind deal, and and Penn State is just kind of they haven't like they're playing. They're undefeated, but they haven't found a niche though, right? So I, I think with the Big Ten, we got to give it a few more weeks to see if somebody steps to the forefront and says, I am the dominant team. But there are some good football teams in the Big Ten. And, I, and again, Ohio State hasn't lost to a Big Ten school, right? So we still got to give them their props because they still have a chance to be the best team in the conference. But if somebody in the conference forgot how to play, play offense, that's, I'll tell them that. Yeah, because I can say this right now. Purdue and Illinois are both going to upset somebody they're not supposed to because they can both play defense at a high level. Like, Purdue's probably got, like, six pros on their defense. On their defense. Wait, didn't Illinois just upset Purdue? Pretty sure. No, that, that's, not, that's not an upset. That's two, that's two average teams. I'm talking about somebody <laughs> – they beat somebody they're not supposed to. <laughs> Illinois playing <laughs> Purdue is like – that's, that's a like, slap fight between armless men. <laughs> like, you're not making any sense here, young man. I made perfect sense. <laughs> oh goodness all right nobody cares well, when they play each other <laughs> except for indiana and illinois so those right. two people um switch same topic switch the lane i'm gonna i'm gonna respectfully call it perspectives of the nfl teams then oh, wow well first of all 
LA Rams are for real, right? Um, I do caution them on celebrating too much on messing with the goat. And yes, I did call him that because that's who that dude is. And about halfway through the fourth quarter, they were celebrating a little bit. I'm like, no, 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 not with that guy. Cause you're going to see him again. And he's not going to forget. Right. Um, I, but to that point, they did win the game. It was a great game. But what Tom Brady does at 44 years old is absolutely ridiculous. One of the announcers said he might play till he's 50. And I can't disagree with him. <laughs> he know? said that. He's yeah. made that comment at this point. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy. You know, I think there's a, you know, my Browns are playing well. A uh, little baffled is what happened with Kansas City. The wheels kind of come off of them a little bit. I still think Mahomes is kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 project or whatever you call an experiment in Jacksonville is I think they're winning tonight though but uh it's not not going very well for them right now and then the other team that's been ultra expressive for me was Dallas Cowboys I mean they are really playing good football or they are we 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 cannot we we cannot tolerate cowboy praise around here we just amen we cannot play are they playing good football not really, but yeah, really, yeah, they are. They're, they're playing good football relative to the con to the division. You can't be that much of a hater all your life. Look, look, I, I don't want to hear anything about the Cowboys until like they win a playoff game or something. Okay, look, I understand. I didn't say they were going to the Super Bowl. I didn't even say they were going to make the playoffs. I said as of today, they're playing good football. Well, now, we all know it's the Cowboys, and a week from now. They might fall off the ledge, but as of today, I've been very impressed with not, not, and not just it's both sides of the ball, their game plan, their scheming has been better. You know, Dak looked phenomenal last week. Can't discount that. You know, I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm Dak, Dak played well. I know no yeah. trust with Dak. Yeah. It, you're it, Stu, if, if you ask for a perspective of the fledgling NFL season, it's simple. I, I got a little chant for you. West oh. is best. West is best. The AFC West and the NFC West are by far the best team, the best divisions in football right now. The teams are playing incredible. Hell, the Chiefs are one and two and in last damn place. That's how good the, the AFC West is right now. So West is best, and of course, listen, I, I actually, you know, I like the Rams. Uh, I thought they played a hell of a game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still taking, I'm still taking Brady in, in January and February, so. Nobody's surprised at that. Pretty you know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it was, it was a very well-played game. I will say this, I, I will say this, a lot of people in the offseason didn't fully, like, there was a lot of criticism of, like, the Rams gave up too much in the Jared Goff deal. Uh, no, they didn't. Because Matthew Stafford on that roster, totally different. <laughs> and it's very, very obvious. So they're, they're going to make a hell of a run. Um, it came out, I think it was today. Um, here, here's how good Brady is. They took the L. He's not happy about it. They're going play new england this weekend which i am here for right in the in the downtime brady picks up a phone and gets richard sherman to sign with the bucks so we go they're gonna run this back 
(laughs) That's not happening again. (laughs) He's playing playing chess 16 weeks away right now. So it's a, yeah, but no, that, that's my perspective. West is best right now. It's the teams in the West have been very, very impressive. And my God, the AFC South is pitiful. Pitiful. (laughs) The Colts, the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Titans. Pitiful. Um, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, oof. I love the NFL. Um, I pay exorbitant amounts of money for uh, uh, for DirecTV solely because of the NFL ticket. <laughs> like, if they didn't have any other channels, but they still had the all the rights to NFL ticket, I'd be $800 a month if I had to because I, I love NFL football. So I'm going to I'm going to give a truly informed perspective on this. For sure, West is best. Uh, I am enjoying the people who are falling off of the Chiefs bandwagon because that is hilarity to me. Um, Look, I'll say it right now. The Chiefs and the Bucks are going to repeat in the Super Bowl. interesting it's it's so early people forget there's 17 17 games this year um you know they're a incredibly ballsy call by Harbaugh away from being two and one you know what I mean like at the end of the day like Patrick Mahomes threw an interception in the fourth quarter wait for that to happen again you you'll be here for a while so at the end of the day like I think the Raiders are the most improved NFL team from last year. Um, I think that the Cowboys actually look smart for paying Dak Prescott. They have holes on defense the size of a truck, but Dak Prescott is going to lead them to victories that, Andy Dalton and whoever else followed in his footsteps last year after he got hurt, we're never, ever going to do. And I mean, I give, look, I give the Cowboys credit They're taking advantage of a terrible division. <laughs> My giants are in it. I mean, two of the worst teams in the NFL are, are the giants and, and the football team. So, <laughs> right. Um, the, the, a, the AFC East, I think the Patriots are way overhyped and much ballyhooed and that's going to like that dude is going to be off that rose here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo has a sputtering offense, but I think that they'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, like I, I do believe in the NFL, like the old adage that the, the, the greatest like harbinger for success is past success. Like, this is the ultimate in petty to me. I can't believe you didn't pick up on this one. Brady has beaten 99 head coaches, which first of all is an insane number and a record by like 30 coaches. If they win this weekend, he is going to beat Bill Belichick as the 100th coach, which is, you know, that's not lost on Brady. No. Oh, he knows. Oh, he knows. You know, and and at the end of the day, like Brady is definitely playing chess, not checkers. He doesn't like. I won't say doesn't care that they lose, but losing a regular season game in week three, it just 
That's not that's not a blip on the screen. How we lost, what do we need to fix? Okay, uh, Sherm, what you doing? You want to come get this money? Sounds good, right? I mean, let's let's be clear. Richard Sherman and Rob Gronkowski would be retired if it was not for playing with Tom Brady, right? So this dude, like, literally is just making calls with Antonio like, Brown. I mean, he could probably, he could get, right, Antonio Brown too. Like, he could probably get Tony Gonzalez to come off the couch. Like, hey, you want to play tight end if somebody gets hurt? Like, so I don't think anybody's got a shot of, look, I know the Rams are playing well this year. Uh, um, here's why I can't root for the Rams. And I know because I went to Cal, people think that I'm a Jared Goff lover. I'm definitely not. But here's what I'll say. It is so disrespectful to that young man to like treat him like trash when he played in a Super Bowl and they lost. Because now, this is what people need to understand. I don't care what the Rams do in any regular season game or any playoff game. If they don't get to and win the Super Bowl, they, that trade was wrong. And the reason I say that is because, look, you had a guy that got you to the Super Bowl and lost, and he's young. So you got older and, and supposedly better. The only way that trade, the only way you win that trade is if they get to the Super Bowl and win. So I'm not, I, got, I don't care what the Rams do until we get to the playoffs. And until somebody shows me they can beat Brady on like in, in the cold months, and until somebody shows me that they can beat Patrick Mahomes in the cold months, like I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that the teams that are better, Denver's much better than they have been. Denver also just played the Jets. Like you could look good doing that. <laughs> so my, my question is you, so then you're predicting that the, the Chiefs are going to make history because from what, if I'm not mistaken, they were talking about this during one of the games that I don't think anybody's ever started one and two and made the playoffs. Or made or made it to made, the Super Bowl. Made it to the Super Bowl. Well, yes, I do. So you're predicting they're going to make the it's the so it, that that's that's one of those weird stats that they throw out because there's never been a 17 game season either. So right. any of that makes absolutely no sense right now. But I I get it. Look, here's Lamar. I don't I, I do not disagree with you about the realities of the golf trade. Yes, the Rams must win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yes, or you lose the trade because that literally is the benchmark. I don't even blame the Super Bowl loss on Jared Goff. Me neither. Wasn't his fault. Me neither. But it's clear that Stafford's a better option. He's a better player. So. Well, what, what was the Rams record last year? Uh, they had a ton of injuries. I don't remember, but I feel like yeah. they were middle, like eight and eight or close to that, something like that. And, 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 I, and because I don't know, I'm asking is there the rhetoric out there that it was Goff's fault that they were bad or maybe yeah. Goff and the head coach don't get along? So the, the rhetoric was not that they necessarily didn't get along. The rhetoric was they can't do the things they really wanted to do with the offense because Jared Goff is, is limited. That's, Jared that's Goff is limited as it pertains to, so like, okay, <laughs> McVay, is you know we'll say like big blue in the chess world right like his brain is this big he remembers everything right he has a normal brain quarterback that was not anywhere near like 
he was great when they had to, when they went to the Super Bowl, but in, in, in McVay's mind, the following year, he should have been better. He wasn't. Right. Right. So, so it's like, he's limited with like, I'm limited with what I can do with my big brain because the guy that runs the plays can't keep up. And supposedly like, that's the, that's the love affair between McVay and Stafford is like Stafford supposedly has a, uh, uh, what's those things like um, photographic memory as well. So these two dudes are like sitting there talking about, you know, like in 2016, you remember this, you remember the second play in like the, the playoff game between such and such and such and such. And they're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. So evidently they're, they're having this uh, brain masturbation together. So, I mean, look, it all sounds great. I'm not going to lie. I just, I, I really do believe sometimes that quarterbacks get too much praise and too much too many problems sure you know what i mean like look at the end of the day the quarterback head coach combination is really what should be compared you know we'll never know whether brady made brady made belichick or belichick made brady but at the end of the day we know we know together they're unstoppable because here's the thing like people forget this like look belichick won super bowl without brady brady's won a super bowl without belichick so like let's not go crazy with that narrative People forget, like Bill Belichick was, dude. He has rings from playing from 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 the Giants. Oh, like, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like that's that's the okay, okay. Because I was gonna be like, nah, you so wrong. <laughs> no, I, I I know from whence I speak. I'm yeah, just saying, that, like that's a cute little dance. Those two, those two people, notwithstanding, I think anytime you're dealing with a quarterback rating, it's got to be a combination of quarterback and coach. Because like Joe Montana is great, and he I think he's one of the greatest. If if he doesn't go to San Francisco, right, with that guy, right, we might not, you know, we might not know who he is. If Aaron Rodgers goes goes to New England, hell, they may have won more Super Bowls. Well, like, you just so, never know. So that's that's the point that you brought up earlier that I wanted to get to about people and their their viewpoint of the Chiefs. I like Andy Reid, I always have. I root for Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a phenomenal player. But I most definitely have Chiefs fatigue because the Chiefs have been elevated to a status that makes absolutely zero sense. They won one ring, and people are calling them a, calling them a dynasty. I mean, they played for two, though. I don't care about none of that. They won <laughs> one ring one time and people are throwing around the word dynasty i'm sorry I, like it the level of disrespect like the like dude there was a real conversation going on last year that if the chiefs could somehow have won that game was patrick mahomes a threat to brady's legacy like are you crazy are you insane no i mean it's too early it's not a crazy question though it is a crazy question because it's too early. Yeah. Too early. It's like you're not even. I mean, on the it's start. too early. It's way you're not too even early. On the start line. You're like outside the stadium, and people are asking, "Is he in the race?" Like, no. So I have Chiefs fatigue. I'm personally enjoying seeing them struggle and being at the bottom. I don't think it's going to last very long. <laughs> not but, at all. But Justin Herbert is a very serious problem. Justin Herbert's a very serious problem. I don't know if the Raiders can keep this up or the Broncos, but the Chargers 
Justin Herbert is is very, very good. I mean, the, the NFL is in great hands in the quarterback position. Because yeah. hmm. Lamar and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, like, like as we lose Brady eventually, as we lose Rodgers eventually, as we've already lost uh, Lil' Cat from uh, New Breeze. Orleans. We lost Breeze, right? The, the the young cats are, I mean, let's not forget if he ever plays again, Deshaun Watson is really, really good at football. <laughs> he may play. Just not in Houston. That's just not in Houston. So, like, you know, those Canada, five or six games. Canada, are, maybe. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he'll play in NFL. Stop that. Oh, man. Choose oh, save man. us. So, the Rams went 10 and six last year. They finished, yeah, so they, they, finished, they were absolutely awful. They finished second in the NFC West. So, Whew. but okay. So let's let's completely change the interstate at this point and and go a little bit of the professional side of what we do, not necessarily as track and field aficionados per se, but just as a as a profession. Um, we obviously saw a big spike in Zoom participation. Uh, web web clinics whatever they're called um and each of us literally each of us participated led and um, attended different type calls um virtual symposiums if you would um what do we see as the benefits and maybe the discounts in a virtual clinic and an actual in live person physical clinic as clinicians, not as participants, not as the audience, not as the recipients of information, but of which delivering information. I, I, I don't know what the difference is. I mean, the delivery is the delivery, whether you're on a screen, whether you're in the room, I think that just comes down for me to the person making the delivery. And as a clinician, as someone that's imparting information, my job is to impart that information no matter what the forum I'm in. I think for me, what it does is gives more people access because it's a lot easier to plug in your computer or your iPad and log into something than get on a plane and go book a hotel room, right? So um, I think economically, it's obviously a lot better. And I think you may have to be a little more creative sometimes when, when it's via, you know, from the electronic side of it, but it shouldn't make a difference. I mean, if you're the clinician and you, you got a message to send, you should be able to send it just as well, whether you're on a Zoom or, or sitting in a room with somebody. Um, I want to jump in there because I, I think your comment was, was actually perfect. Access. The thing I've been accused of lovingly by you and honestly by many others is uh, we've given the entire world probably 500% more access, not to embarrass you, but to you. Like the Zoom nation, <laughs> like the Zoom calls have have brought, you know, Michael Dwayne Holloway, aka Sir whoa, Lucius, whoa, into government. A, hey, 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 you stay stay in your lane. He knows what I'm doing. This, that's my guy. <laughs> that's a long-standing deal with us. But we've brought Sir Lucius into a great number of people's homes, lives, computer screens that honestly never would have had access to him or would never have had the stones 
to try to acquire access to him. And, and so I think access is exactly the right way, the right word. Like what Zoom has done is given people access to uh, information and, and bearers of information that maybe they might not have had before. But now that Zoom has broken that ice, I think everybody's kind of fearless in that regard. You want information? Like, go figure it out. Speaking of which, so Lucius, I have, I've had uh, two people uh, ask me to ask you about uh, possibility of shadowing you. Because we brought that up with on the JS episode. So um, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Wait, so Lamar, I need you to switch your seat. That wasn't the question. The question was from the clinician's point of view, not the audience or the recipients. Okay, so access from my perspective goes the other way, right? Now we'll, we'll use Sir Lucius again. He is always talking about the next generation and how do we positively affect that group. He now has an opportunity in the Zoom world to actually reach educate connect with a great number of younger coaches who are probably several levels from ever like being in the same room as him and so i think i think what the what what the zoom era because that's what i call this now it has uh, eliminated the barriers to to access and eliminated the barriers to people that you can actually connect with i mean yeah. what i thought was one Hold of the on greatest things about yep I want to stop you because you still you're you're not on you're not in the right seat. I am in the right seat. You're not in the right seat because you're talking about the the access to the clinicians and you're you're doing this and I'm asking you to do this. So what is the benefit of the discount of you having led coaches collab Zoom calls, having led your podcast that you have? What is the benefit of sitting in that seat for Zoom or discount for Zoom or benefit for being in person? Or discount for being in person as sitting on the stage in the on the podium what i was trying to get across which evidently i wasn't doing a good job is that okay slow down um <laughs> being <laughs> being on the podium so to speak but in a zoom in a zoom perspective allows the room to be much bigger so like um i don't know what's ben's last name i always mess it up Walk. One more time. Walk. W A C H. Watch. He's gonna so, be like, no, it's watch. Right. Anyway. So so Ben Walk, Walk is a perfect example. I would never ever have known who he was. And now I think greatly of his skills, talents, and and knowledge base because I was able as a clinician to reach that young man. And I would never have met him if it wasn't for Zoom. So, great, great answer. So, yes, as, as Lucius likes to say, you went anyway. a long way around that block, but you landed. And I, I agree, as a clinician, the big, big positive, I'll add one to that, to the Zoom era, is access and efficiency. It's a, it's a very efficient way to communicate and disseminate information. But I gotta tell you, I don't enjoy it. I tolerate it, 
because it's necessary. And now that we have all learned how efficient Zoom can be or video chats can be, whatever medium you use, they're obviously here to stay. They're not going to go anywhere. Um, so for me, <clears throat> it has made me uh, more appreciative of the, the in-person, the live, the being, actually being on a dais. And it's harder, it's harder and more rewarding to captivate an audience live. Zoom is cheap because I don't really have to listen. I can turn my video off. I can act like I'm listening. I can multitask. Like you don't really have my attention unless I really, really want to give it to you. And talking to 50 or 100 people on a Zoom, you're not even aware how many people's attention you really, really have. But if you're on a stage or in, a, in an in-person setting, you know whether or not what you're saying is connecting to your audience. And to me, I, I kind of disagree because I think that either way you have that issue. And also, if, if someone's going to connect to a Zoom to listen to a clinician, I would assume that they're there because they want to have the information. The same way if they step into the auditorium, they're there because they want to get the information. So therefore, they would pay attention. Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you a real world example. I won't use the names because that would just be mean. I have we've all been to the convention and you know you pick like, oh, so and so is speaking. I'm gonna go watch that. And sometimes they're awesome and sometimes they suck. But either way, you're there, right? If I choose to go listen to Sir Lucius give me a Zoom presentation, I went in there wanting the information, but if he sucks. I can just hit a button and he ain't even gonna know that I left. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's harder to hold and captivate and it's it's a bigger reward for me at least in person than it is electronically. It, so, it, I just believe that if you want the information bad enough, whether it's in person or on the Zoom, that's on the person. And okay, so just like if you go to a presentation and it sucks, you can hit a button and jump out. You can also get up, walk out the room. Yeah, but most people won't. Yeah, but the, the, so then, then they're in that part of the group that's sitting there not paying attention. But I think the, the question here is the value of it. Like, you know, that's, that's you, what I'm saying. I, th but, I think, but, yeah. but if, if you're asking, yeah, this is just my opinion, right? I, I think it's up to the clinician to be able to disseminate the information. And if my, I'm just me, you know, maybe I'm different, I'm going to be just as captivating on the Zoom as I am going to be on the stage. Not going to be any different. Well, I, I think we all would agree with that point about you, but some people just really aren't. And so I think- They're not going to be captivating either way then, are they? No, I, I've, I've literally experienced people both ways who are terrible on these kind of situations, but- very, very good in person and vice versa. Some people are dry as hell in person, but do better in the comfort of, you know, whatever this Zoom situation is. You know, listen, there's very few superstars in communication. You so happen to be one of them. It is what it is. <laughs> the, as, as a presenter, I, I feel I, that I, I hope Chu agrees that I answered the question. I agree with the access. <laughs> 
and and for me <laughs> the larger value is expediency the the larger d value is that personal connection i can honestly tell you i mean i don't consider what we do here because y'all are my people and this is you know we plan for this like we're not talking to an audience live on zoom we do what we do in our audience season mm -hmm. later i can't really remember watching a zoom and feeling moved i watch people in real life and i've been moved I haven't had that experience on Zoom. And maybe that says something about me as an audience member. Or maybe it's who you're watching. At, or both. <laughs> to my point. So yeah. I, I agree with you as a presenter, it's your job to be captivating no matter what. Please believe that's your job. Like, so you better find a way to deliver. But some people won't deliver the same in every medium. It's no, it's no different from a recording artist. Some people's some people sound amazing when you listen to their music and then you see them live and like shit, they can't sing at all. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. And and so I I specifically brought this question up because we are we're seeing the return to some in-person events. Uh obviously from the get back in. March of 2020, everyone was like, we need to get back in person for this, that, and the third, every event possible. Um, and, you know, as clinicians, I don't know that we've always been re uh, regarded as the people who are making the sacrifice to come back to in person or to stay on Zoom. And definitely there are those who are capitalizing financially and exposure wise to the techno technological world and doing these things. And, and honestly, kudos, because whether it's good information or bad information, it's information that's being delivered and deciphered. And, and what I don't, I don't like saying the word, the words bad information anymore, because there's always a piece that you can use, whether it's a piece that you stay away from or a piece that you utilize, that's up to you and the discretion of the, the situations that you're in. Um, but I think it, it very much so all three tiles hit on the fact that you've got a few of people that you connect with. You've got to find the material that you connect with and you yourself have to be active, even though that wasn't part of the question that was, that was the common thread is the clinicians have to be engaging and you yourself have to be receptive to it. So um, I think speaking to what you were saying, Clyde, this, this younger group, or maybe it was Lamar, I apologize. Um, <clears throat> speaking to the younger group, the younger coaches, uh, even just the biologically younger people um they're still one up on us and now they we've caught on to their black screen with first and last names and they were putting pictures and now they're putting get this or Lucius. uh what is, what is that called looping videos so you and i are sitting here nodding smiling giggle here and there and that's a five second loop and that same loop is happening over and over again and they're using that as they're engaged so they get participation or so that they feel they don't the speaker doesn't feel neglected so and, and you, you know what's funny about that it's it's really in, i mean it i don't know if it's good or bad for me i feel like it's bad but i know other people will argue against me on that not necessarily y'all but Technology is awesome and these type of skills and learning how to do these things, 
these are, you know, it, it, it are, they are skills to be learned, mm -hmm. but you know what, as they're, as the younger people are getting better and better at their tech skills, they're getting worse and worse at their interpersonal skills. And that's a big ass problem. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I wish we could evolve in both ways, but we seem as a society to be devolving in how to deal with people in real life as we get great at faking it on the internet. And that to me, I, I just feel like there's, that's gonna cause people problems at, at some point. Yeah, I guess, you know, in reflection of what you just said, uh, very quick at the end of an education course after a clinic or whatever to say, shoot me an email versus give me a call or having that half hour conversation post physical clinic. So yeah, I get that. I get that. And there's a time and a place. I think that's to be noted. There's a time and a place for an email call or a text um, or, or a live conversation. So anyhow, thank you for entertaining that because I think that was something that needed to be said out loud from the clinician perspective, not from the audience perspective because they talk too much. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, Rounding out the questions, and, and this year uh, we wanted to come back to a reflective uh, question to be posed in regards to professionalism for coaches. Again, going back into different seats than what we've been in before, um, or recently, anyways. Uh, what is the professional role of assistant coaches? So take that on the spectrum wherever you want to. Uh, see, I think everybody's gazing at me. That's right to me. <laughs> I I will go first actually if if you if you don't want to go first I mean I don't mind going first I just whatever I'll go first I don't know. Yeah. so and so we're all so, everybody's uh, waiting with bated breath for for your response how to get yeah. your job the job I under you <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the the first role mm -hmm. as with any assistant coach in any situation is to make the head coach job easier and that that's a simple one right. Um, and it just it doesn't get any simpler than that. And then the other job of the assistant coach is to see and understand the vision of the head coach and not go to, into any situation trying to create your own vision or your own narrative. Um, and, 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 and in track and field, it's difficult sometimes because as an assistant coach, you're in charge of your own area most times and you, you have your own deal, so to speak but you still have to operate with the head coach's vision. And the other thing as an assistant coach, you have to understand is you're an assistant coach and your job is to do as the head coach, your boss asked you to do. And that gets a little bit iffy sometimes with people in track and field. Uh, we've talked about the whole, I want to be a head coach deal. The better head coaches are the ones that knew how to be great assistant coaches. So support your head coach, understand your head coach, understand the vision of the program and carry out that vision every day. And I think you'll be very successful as an assistant coach. Those, those are very important for me anyway. Would you like to close, sir? Um, you know, you're, you're a newly minted head coach. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna squeeze between the two head coaches here. Um, for one, I want to applaud Sir Lucius because I think the most important thing for an assistant coach to do is to make the head coach look good. Uh, I think one B to that is, and I, I want to, that's not what I didn't say. I want. I don't. Want, I don't need anybody to make me look good. 
<laughs> your job is to make my job easier. Take stuff off yes. of my put it on. Yes, yes. I, and words matter because I, I, you said yeah. what I meant, but I didn't use those words. You are correct. Thank you. I appreciate you cleaning that up for me. I, hey, I, you know, I got no problems with it. I think the one B to that is to take as many things off of the head coach's plate and here, listen, turn up your volume when I say this, that the head coach would like for you to take off of their plate. You don't get to choose what you want to take off the plate. Then that, that's when you're being rogue and trying to run your own program. But there are things on every head coach's plate that they probably do not really want to do, or better yet, probably shouldn't need to do. And it is your job to ask the right questions and do the right things as it pertains to taking those things off of the head coach's plate. You probably shouldn't ask for or look, look to take the budget off of the head coach's plate. That's not a thing. but you may be able to help take equipment off of the plate or uh, to be a direct li liaison to compliance and, and or, uh, or um, admissions. But these are things you have to ask. They're different from head coach to head coach and different from program to program. But one of your goals should be to be user-friendly enough such that if your head coach comes into your office and slides a piece of paper across your desk, that you can take said piece of paper and make that problem go away. That should be your job. Because let's be clear, if you wanna know the difference between being a head coach and assistant coach is whose hand is on that paper first and whose hand is on that paper last. The head coach gets to walk in your office, push the piece of paper across the desk and say, make it so. You don't get to do that. I like, I like all of that. I agree with all of that. Uh, for me, I want assistant coaches to create solutions, not problems. Let the church say amen. So, you know, at the end of the day, literally every piece of a program, the head coach, the director, whatever you want to call it, that we are responsible for. If assistant X was given a task by me and they screw the task up, it's my head that's, that's gonna have to deal with it anyway. So I want my people to you know, be solution oriented. And you know, some, some head coaches are open to ideas, some aren't. Either way, everybody's open to solutions. Ooh. <clears throat> so, you know, I, if I have a team of people who are trustworthy and constantly give me solutions to problems, streamline things, make my world easier, more efficient, that all makes, that's going to make for everybody to be happier and do our jobs better. And so as an assistant, that was always my aim is to be solution orientated and, and deliver when given a task. And that's what I would expect of, of anybody, you know, in, in my charge. Uh, big league, what's so, your perspective so, on that? So the big word there is simplicity, right? And, and to mm -hmm. speak to the whole the thing as a whole, do the job you're asked to do. 
as Clyde said, create solutions, not problems. And by creating solutions, the solutions are to the things that the head coach gives you to do. Don't create problems by trying to do something that you're not asked to do. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I apologize. No, that's okay. No. Um, the Obviously, I agree with all of that. And I've all heard pieces of that, if not verbatim, those things from all of your mouths and conversations of how to make myself a better assistant coach. Um, but I would say one common thing in that too is your tone of delivery. You know, when you're endorsing your head coach and the message and the method and the philosophy of, of which they part impart onto their team, the tone of which you deliver it, the tone of which you deliver papers back to their desk, the tone of which you stand on your own two feet and impart your wisdom. And that's a part of their culture. It's, it can't be backhanded. It can't be slighted. It can't be, well, this is what coach so-and-so wants. That, that tone doesn't have continuity to it. That's me, then you. So um, in agreement with everything, it's the, the tone and how you deliver that said message too. Because um, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've heard, well, my coach wants. And this is what my coach says, which is the right message. But the way you say it and how you present it is, is not a uh, productive, progressive manner, put it that way. I don't know. I think that'd be the one thing that I would key into that. So. Well. Come on with your, come on with your stuff. I know you ready. Go ahead. Go ahead. Me? Yeah, and I, I'm on, I'm in the chair, right? Oh, I thought you meant more. I was like, that's all I have. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't see. have any more. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's yes. so funny. Yeah. Sorry, I was one step behind. I apologize. Um, yeah. So this one, it's a fun one. Well, I thought it was fun <laughs> when I thought of the questions. I thought I laughed. Every yeah. time you give a soft presentation the week before I always get the book. Last week was soft. So go ahead. No, this is a soft one, I think. All right. Um having had California ties and roots, did you ever have a 24 hour wow 24 hour fitness membership? Wow, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yes. I don't think I went in that place not one time either. <laughs> true form, true to form. Um, what is your top go-to track book? Um, Ooh, that's a great question. That is a great question. Well, hmm, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've, I've honestly probably spent most more time in Ralph Mann's book than anything else. Um, I'm a nerd. I like nerdy stuff. And so uh, if, if that is, if that is your way, that that's right up your alley. Um, and in, in uh, the other one, nah. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, uh, the Tudor bumper, uh, periodization, uh, a lot, a lot of time in that one as well. Not so much as much as Ralph's, but 
those would probably be my my main two. But of course, anytime you ask me about a book that's even remotely related to track, you know I'm going. <laughs> I, I was gonna have to steer the conversation on that one. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, as a teenager, what was the largest pant size you ever bought? Now, oh see, that's God. a really unfair question because I, I am an '80s baby. Uh, I know, and I'm a I'm a millennial, so I grew up in the in the way too big clothes era and i'm pretty sure in like middle school i had some pants that were like size 42. i knew it I, that's literally what i just said in my head i was like definitely a 42. oh yeah. my god really stupid, oh man. my god right, you, you already know look that's what it was and and let me be clear i would much rather be a teenager child in my era wearing size 42 then in this era, we're in size six. Cause that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> amen to that as well. I cannot do skinny jeans, shortened pants, low yeah. cut, that, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that men's clothes are not supposed to be tight. Fit, no. yes. Yeah. Tight, no. I mean, we steady rock the Jinko 42s with the, with a braided belt and then the letter the letter uh what's it called belt thing I know what you mean. I'm yeah a... anyways anyways all right moving on um have you ever rode in a cable car oh of course got it everybody should of course. in a cable car everyone should but everyone local to san francisco has not believe it or not um your most memorable race that you participate in win or loss I feel like you asked me this before. Yeah, you asked. Did me I? That. Okay, then Ixnay, Ixnay. That's why I did probably ask why it came back up. Yes. Um, in your documentary, who is the narrator? Wait, someone that I want, or someone I like, someone I could actually get, or no. fan fantasy narrator? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's got to be Morgan Freeman. <laughs> got to be Morgan Freeman. But who is? It's going to be Tiana. Just as good. <laughs> So I'm I'm good. I mean, Kevin Hart, Tiffany. Oh no, no, no. more free, more more. And on this day, Charles Ryan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> James Earl Jones. That, and that's um, not bad. That's not a bad other choice. <laughs> um, we know that you're a sucker for pasta. You you've mentioned this a few times. What is what type of pasta is the winner? Like what noodle? Well, oh, that depends on what you know, which dish you're having. But the mm. noodle is tied to the dish, so yeah, it it changes. It's okay. So what's what's the one that you can do any time of day, any day of the week? Fusilli. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. Okay, well, my portion, <laughs> my. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Go ahead. She's My done. portion is done. I understand, sir. I understand. Okay. I have to Move explain on. myself to our audience. I'm sorry. Every now and again, we, we obviously have a group chat. It's any four people who spend as much time together as we do would have. Every now and again, someone slides something in the group chat during the show that causes a little chuckle or a 
or a smile. And then we like to look at each other, laugh as they read it. Um, somebody sucker punched me. I'm not going to tell you who of these four or who of these three. <laughs> somebody sucker punched me with something in, in the group chat that legitimately made me almost <laughs> blow snot bubbles. So I'm sorry for my lack of professionality. I love all of you. Just trust me and trust and believe. If you could see what I saw, you would have had the same reaction <laughs> as I did. I mean, are we allowed to expose that? No, no, I'll, no. I'll do it on Friday when I post the video, when I post the the quiet um, thing that's really funny oh my god well played i'll, I'll say that well played that, that was tremendous okay, so we, we just tell everybody it was me it was just that we just did <laughs> you did <laughs> we just tell, we just told oh everybody. my god oh Jeez, my god guys come on well wait till to... wait till friday and when when chu shows y'all what yeah. sir lucius put in the group chat just trust <laughs> and believe you will blow snot bubbles as well because that is hilarious. <laughs> it was very appropriate for the. <laughs> oh, it was five million percent appropriate for the conversation. I'm literally oh gonna have God. to wait like an hour or two after I post the show. Look, that way, look, it makes. Lamar sense. is not gonna be able to recover in time for his question of me. Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> okay, so I just want to know. You know, you've been on the job almost a month now. Yeah. And, hmm. Yeah, about that. About that. Uh, and so in your first month, what has been the most intriguing thing you found about your team as a whole? I've been a part of a lot of transitions. Mm -hmm. um, this, this group of kids might be the most, not, not might be, they are. They are the most um, willing for, the, the, for a transition that I've ever seen. Like, I'm not having to spend a lot of time working on buy-in. Like they're bought in. And and I say that across the board. It's not, it's not even, you know, just the people that I specifically deal with on a daily basis, like the throwers, the distance runners, all of them. Like it it was it was a proper time for a transition and they are excited about a transition. I've never seen a transition of new coaching arrivals. Uh, move so smoothly now hopefully it stays that way but yeah. I've, been, I've been very impressed um with the team in, in that regard they are you know they're here for it and, and I, awesome. I appreciate that um you know I, I like I like where that went so I, I'm, I'll stay in that vein um because I think that we try to do a good job of educating. So like we have a, we have a, an experience opportunity to share with others. So let's take that. Um, first, first 30 days, what do you think is the most important thing that you've accomplished? And in the first 90 days, what is the most important thing that you plan to tackle? Structure is the thing that I've accomplished. Um, or that we are constantly accomplishing day to day. Like you'd be amazed at how much little things really mean to a group of young people that haven't had it. Like the idea that they know when, they're, when they are meant to come and go for the whole year already versus finding it out week to week. 
the fact that they know where their schedule is going to be already. Like the fact that they have specific expectations and, and know what that looks like. Structure when there has not been structure is very, very important. And I've spent an exorbitant amount of my time trying to make sure that everybody understood that there is going to be structure and focus and you know a plan in place. Um, most young people who come to college to do sports, whether they know it directly or inherently just feel it, like they want to be led in a direction that they can believe in. They wouldn't be there otherwise. So, you know, structure is very, very important. Um, first 90 days, um, I hope by the time we get to 90 days that the vision that I have laid out is being executed well by myself and the staff that I put in place. Because if it's not, then their enthusiasm for the structure that we have laid out will wane. And you don't want that. So staff is in place. We are moving forward with all the structural changes and fixes and improvements. And everybody is on the right page right now. And that's exciting for me. Um, year one is always the, the strangest when it comes to literal performances and what you're going to get because, you know, these people didn't come here to run for you. You didn't recruit these people. Everybody's new. Everybody's forging relationships. Everybody's learning what's what. And year one is going to be what it's going to be. But for me, my expectations are what they always are, which is to take everybody that I deal with and make them better athletes. So I expect what I expect every season, lifetime best. And for the extent that we are physically and mentally capable of, and then year two will be better. So that's where we're at. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, that was good. I like it. I like it. Well, rapid fire is officially closed. Good job, sir. Um, moving on to heartbeat props. Uh, we again have found a collective heartbeat props to uh, to give and raise up and just kind of shine in the light. So um, our beloved youngest fan, and I legitimately think he's our youngest fan. Mr. Micah Peary had a birthday last weekend, last week, last weekend, I believe it was. Um, so Micah, my guy, happy birthday, sir. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Micah. Right? That's so awesome. So awesome. And we're, happy birthday, we, we didn't go to the birthday party, but we're having a little birthday party for you here. So, yep. Uh, and so we hope you enjoyed yourself and, um, if you're not watching right now, I'm sure dad's going to go run and grab you to bring you in front of the, the screen. So, um, but other than that, uh, gentlemen, great show as always, literally great show. And uh, we, we started off with some, some funny stuff, but definitely shine, shine some light on some things, especially with our ever, again, still spinning in revolutions coaching carousel, <laughs> literally another turn this week, right? So um, for those who are aspiring to move up or even just get better as professionals, you definitely um, should have been able to take something, at least one thing away from this week's episode. But without further ado, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time as always. Love you long time. Everyone else have a great week. <laughs> and, oh boy. Oh and we'll boy. see each other. Oh you know, boy. I left, that's my sign off. Okay. It's either that or bye, Felicia. So 
I'll, I'll sign off on the second one. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, Felicia's. <laughs> when the lights come on, the roads get to running. When the lights come on, opponents mess the plumbing. Would you like your warm, hot knife to butter? Two pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love, punch you in the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see if there's no others. Track and field's pacing, we'll peel to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is that you're talking to? Your circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no, it won't last long. Pass or fail, then sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force.